All right, it's Tuesday, which means the club is going up. We got the crew here, all kinds of stuff going on in the NBA streets, including our very own Andy turning into quite the underdog NBA daily thought leader, went one-two in one of the dailies the other night. We got the Albatross here with the Masters kicking off, too. We'll talk a little Masters, maybe a little golf strat. NBA playoffs heating up. The Western Conference continues to get flipped on its head. And you know what? We even have some NFTs that are pumping. You will not believe this, but people like another pixelated NFT PFP project all today in the club. All right, Andy, you were on you were on the show, I don't know, it was maybe like a month ago, and you're kind of detailing your underdog daily uh strategy, kind of your process, what you're doing. Was was this was that your first um first place win the other night? It was, yeah. It was my first first place and my second second place. But wow. I I almost took down both tournaments for the day, which would have been really fun. The the full court press, I came in like third and i was a few points away from also taking that down um Good. but it was crazy what are these prize pools so that night first was 5k and second was 2.5k it wasn't bad i think in total that night i i actually didn't even max enter that day like it's funny like i, I said in the chat like i actually didn't take sunday very seriously which is like totally true Allie and I were like having a day. I like came home in between some stuff we were doing, threw in some rankings and drafted like 50 auto drafts. And it was just one of those days. Um, but yeah, it like depends on the day, but anywhere from 3K to like 6K to first is typically what you'll see. Yeah. And how, uh, on the, on your days here with the, with the dailies, how often are you updating your ranks and then entering contests with the new updated ranks? That pollen hit New York city today hard. Uh Oh, I'm actually, I don't know. I don't really have allergies. I just got hit by something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So my, like my strategy there has evolved over time a bit, but now what I'm doing is I'm really not, I'm not drafting too much until later in the day. And again, like a lot of that comes from earlier in the season, a lot of Q tag players would play. So when a player got a Q tag, they'd start to drop in the, in the drafts, but they were mostly going to play because, you know, they're it's mid midway through the season. Most times people aren't going to sit now. Injury news is like totally insane. Just like, randomly a player all of a sudden is sick and uh, they're on their deathbed. They can't play anymore because teams are tanking. They're jockeying for positions, whatever. Also, it does seem like there is some sicknesses going around the NBA. Like apparently the the wolves are just like actually ravaged by some sickness. Um, And so right now I'm not really drafting very, I'm, I'm doing manual drafts like at night before I go to bed or something, just because I'm a degenerate. Um, but like almost all my drafting right now will be like very close to lock. Uh, and so what I'm actually doing, I started incorporating a little bit of randomness into my rankings. Ooh. And so, cause I was just, if you, if you load up your rankings and they're like a little bit opinionated where it's like, Hey, I think that this guy who's going 20th, I'm going to take him 15. You just get so fucking much. Like, it's just ridiculous because most people just draft based on ADP. And so I'll throw in like a 5% randomness. And then if I'm doing like a hundred drafts at once. Uh, or like loading up a ton, I'll like basically refresh the randomness every couple of minutes and re-upload my rankings. So that way, like wow. mid-draft, my rankings are like slightly changing so that I'm not getting the exact same pairings over and over again. And I've actually found that that's been really helpful for like differentiating myself and not just having like, like I've had days where, you know, I'm high on like three players and then just like most of my teams have all three of those players. And if yeah. one of them doesn't hit, all of a sudden you're fucked. And so trying to, trying to adjust for that a little bit that's really interesting too because the same dynamic comes up in um traditional dfs with optimizers right because if you have the yeah. set projections and you run it you're going to end up so heavy and then a lot of optimizers will have a randomizer function to actually and you can throttle it up on some of them to like 200 percent, 500 percent if you really want to get out of there and i notice i've done that before too where sometimes the default i'll be getting 75 percent of a guy and it's like well i think i maybe want to be like max 25 30 percent so that's really interesting that you found a way to bring that over to like default rankings for drafts 
Yeah, and so far I've really liked it. And yeah, it's the same thing. Like, like looking literally today, if you look at like ETR, ETR is Anthony Davis at three overall and then Joel Embiid at four. And the point differential there is 0.3 points. And so it's like really they have them at the exact same. And if you just plug in AD at three and Joel at four, you will have an, a ton of AD and no Joel Embiid. And so it's like, it really is that what you want here? Is that kind of the optimal thing to do? And it's definitely not. And, and that happens all the time in these rankings. You know, the top top 20 players are a 15-point gap, and that's really not that much. On, on any given night, one of those guys can go off. Um, and so trying to be more thoughtful about that stuff. Um, Crutches wants you to stop giving away our alpha. Here, here's the thing, man. Uh, what Andy just described, while incredibly sharp, it also requires uh, some effort and some time <laughs> Uh, roll it up your sleeves a little bit so it's just it's not necessarily going in one year and out the other it's more just being like wow that's really sharp i'm not going to do that because i don't have the time to do it <laughs> you're fine crutches uh jack how we doing i uh, disappointed that the green screen isn't in use but we get to see how the sausage is made behind you at least yeah i don't i actually don't know how to use it um our our video oh virtual background i have a green screen all right i'm gonna i'm gonna start Hold on. After yeah. after my opening spiel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start playing around. But yeah, the uh, the the Yukon Huskies are the best team in the Big East. They're the true blue blood from the Big East, um, the real blue and white team from the Big East. And we hate to hear that. And uh, they had one of the most dominant runs since the second best team in the Big East, who also sports blue and white. So uh, yeah, the tournament is is fun the first two days and then it's just a really bad exhibition of college kids trying to make three-point jumpers so if you like the sport of basketball the tourney is probably not for you but it was a decent tournament um so i shipped first place in no brackets but i did bet uconn and uh we're on to the nba playoffs well, I haven't seen like the national water cooler conversation or people trying to put an asterisk next to UConn just because it was a soft field and all the ones are gone or everyone's like, no, they were the best team. No, they, they, they were, yeah, they were the best team and, and they were the best team in like the, the whole year besides their first six big East games. And then once they figured it out, like they rated out as a one seed and they got a four it was just like a bizarre situation well they were undefe undefeated against everyone but the big east right yeah 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 so the joke that i've seen is just that like the big east is actually really good and so it's just that the big east was so good that <laughs> that's the only team i mean the big east too. was they they the had some really of my good. favorite teams like creighton you know i thought they would they should have been san diego state and yeah uconn was dominant but um it was fun. Like March is always a fun tourney, uh, but nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Crutches wants me to put some respect on his alma mater, SDSU. It's so funny. I had such a hard time respecting SDSU because my small dinky school that I went to, Point Loma, that at the time was in the NIIA. We would play San Diego State every year as like an exhibition. And granted, they would beat us, but they wouldn't like blow the doors off of us. They beat us by like 15 points. And we were basically like a glorified intramural team. So I never had a lot of respect outside of Kawhi Leonard uh, as far as San Diego State. But, uh, you know, I got to give them some credit, Crutches. They, uh, they, did, they did the job there. Uh, Clay, how are you doing? People uh, enjoying your sneaker collection that you're flexing on all of us? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm good. Uh, the weather's turned nice here in New York, so that's like the standout standout news here. I got the windows open today. It's been lovely. Um, things are good, man. Getting geared up for NFT NYC next week. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happening. We're throwing a party at 4040 Club on Wednesday night, the 12th. So that's Jay-Z's uh, like sports club in New York. So I'm very stoked about that one. Uh, looking forward to it. So we're hitting a nice little run here. Coming off of was Denver NFT NYC last year in the um in the summer when I was went in out June. for yeah when you were here okay. so they've like moved it so back each year it's so fucking weird yeah yeah they, they, they've figured out a way to do a conference every nine months instead yeah. of every year <laughs> so it was like October and then it was June and now it's April, three so in like sixteen months like it's February or, or January because they don't like call me off guard. I don't know who buys the tickets but they make a lot of fucking money from selling yeah. tickets to the conference like millions of dollars and so they were like all right we gotta <laughs> Let's keep this gravy train rolling. I mean, I, I assume though, like the scale, just like the first one was what, like right coming off the peak of that first bull November, market last year. 
you know, dipping this year a little bit. I mean, is the size and scale remotely similar to the, the previous years? I mean, we were joking no. about all the parties no longer being open bars <laughs> in a year. Is that the case? Yeah, like I mean, of, a lot, yeah. yeah, a lot of projects. Uh, I haven't heard of many other uh, companies' projects really doing a whole lot. A lot of like smaller satellite meetups and stuff. I know like D Gods, uh, Killer Bears, and I'm not sure about Pudgy or not, Andy. But I know I know D Gods and Killer Bears are really the only two I've seen throw big parties. And then yeah, if it wasn't for it being like kind of in our backyard here in New York, um, I'm not sure if we'd be doing too crazy of an activation it's hard to get a read on how many people are coming in for this year so i think it's one of those things like this week a lot of people buy tickets last minute and kind of use it as a go good excuse to link up that's somewhat been the vibe at a lot of these this year but yeah we kind of had a holy shit moment in like february we're looking at the calendar and it's like oh okay yeah nft yc in, in april right after march madness right before consensus right before vcon which you know andy's headlining again this year along with drew on our team so uh yeah it's crazy crazy run here but we're gonna make it work and we're very excited and 4040 club will definitely be a definitely be a vibe andy are you guys doing uh you're gonna uh get a bunch of we do a little recordings in while people are in in town yeah we have a full week like monday through saturday to a day um, wow. during the day so that'll be a lot but it'll be good we have an awesome awesome list of people and then i think probably what i'm most excited for is uh die with the most likes is one of the guys who we did our exclusives drops with who does all like the fucked up weird <laughs> art. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, he's doing a little day drinking one day. We're going to, to 169 bar, which is like one of my favorite bars in the city. Um, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit over a lot of the like crazy NFT party stuff. Um, I don't know. You hit 29 and all of a sudden I'm just like, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need this. So I'm excited for it just cause it's in New York and it's nice to like see people. But I'm hoping that I can uh, generally avoid the the like crazy NFT shenanigans and more just like go to some nice dinners and hang out with people Look during the this. day. Andy, you are you know famously one of the the young people on this show. I'm one of the fake young, actual old people, and I just feel like that the gift where I'm like, come here, so I can give a hug. You come join my <laughs> side of not. It, and meanwhile, we got these young bucks here. I mean, Jack, Jack, drinking. are you going to NFT parties? I know you're going I've to parties. You're going to how about that? I've really uh, come over to to the old head side. So you joined? No, you, that no, that's that's not true though. That's like this TikTok, like yeah, Gen, Gen X bullshit. Yeah, yeah, Gen Z bullshit. That's like a uh, no. You don't drink anymore. It's not good. Millennials are sober curious. Uh, the Gen Z years are. <laughs> what is, explain this? Did you did you fully quit? Are you scaling back? How committed? Uh, to no, this? Was this a bet? It's a good question. So. So I've been having, I'll save you all the, the history, but essentially there was some correlation between drinking and throwing up, not over drinking, but when I would eat something and then I had been drinking, I would just like throw up and I went to a doctor. I'm, I'm fine. But I was like, all right, until I went to that doctor, like I wasn't going to drink. So I went to NBA all-star and I didn't drink. And I was like, like everyone was Salt Lake. Around. But like it was fine, like it, it was still a fun time. Yeah, I was a pract practically like a practicing Mormon for the weekend. Um, and then the next time I drank, like I was perfectly fine. But then the next morning, like I'm so miserably hungover, and it just you drink and then you burn a day, and it's like, is that worth it? But drinking is just so in the culture. Like I can't. I really. I'm having a tough time fully giving it up. Not that like, I love to drink. That's also a part of it. Like I love having drinks, having nights out, like all this stuff. But then there's also the morning after where I'm like, like I can't work out this morning because I had two drinks last night. Not even like going out late. Just I have one glass of wine and then the next day I don't feel like myself. So um, <laughs> it's the Huberman young bros that aren't drinking. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's just a phase. I, I, I respect that. I've had lots of thoughts about that recently. And I, I feel like my relationship with alcohol has like evolved a lot over the years. I used to be like, oh, I don't need to drink during the week. Like I wasn't. But when I did drink, like on the weekends, I went hard. And then yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to enter a new era of moderation where I will have just a couple of drinks. And that's what I've been in for a while. But now I'm like spreading that out where I'm having like a cocktail or a glass of wine, like five, six, seven nights a week. It's like, oh, this is this thing. And then I'm like, so I've recently and coincidentally with you, like had it where I'm like, all right, I'm not drinking more than three nights a week and see if I can marry 
the winding it back and in moderation at the same time, because I was basically finding ways to skirt around my own little parameters, but it is, it is a tough thing because it is fun. I mean, like I I think about margaritas like fucking all the time. Like I want margaritas (laughs) so much, but to your point too, Jack, about like the, how much, like when I've been, now that we're kind of like settling into a schedule, I've been, been inviting some friends over like, or like one friend that I haven't seen in a while, like every Saturday night, be like, Hey, you want to come over, see the house, see the baby. And like, it's like, have a drink. Do you want to have a drink? It's like, how do we normalize like inviting people to do something? Like people would find it weird if I was like, Hey, do you want to come for a walk at my house? <laughs> well, like why, why can't that be the we thing? Should. Why can't I invite you for a walk? Why can't uh, we do anything? Right but no, but the yeah. first thing is always a drink. Like I went to the yeah, Knicks yeah. game with, with a friend on Wednesday and it was just like, yeah, I'm getting you drinks. Like, do we have to drink? But then obviously right. I have three tequilas and I'm screaming out at Obi Toppin, like shoot the fucking ball <laughs> and score seven point, you know, like it just really takes you down these rabbit holes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just on a feeling basis. Um, and I think it's funny with all, like, it's true that our generation is going to test all these hypotheses, hypotheses, like why do we drink socially, you know, different diets, different, you know, vegan, all this shit. And I could see a world where, where like a, not majority, but a lot of people go down this, like not drinking path. Like I had to this past weekend, right. I'm here in New York and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do this weekend. I would love to do something fun. I had to Google like things to do in New York that don't involve drinking (laughs) because Everything else that you would assume that you're going to do with your friends, like, is always centered around the drink. Like, obviously a day drink, but even going to a game, if you go see a Broadway show, like, you got to get a drink and dinner beforehand. Like, it is always centered around alcohol. Hang on, real quick, and I do think it'd be really funny. I was going to call you out. Andy, are you drinking a glass of wine right now? Yes, I am. I thought I caught that. And I was like, he might just be having like cranberry juice in a fancy glass, but I'm pretty sure Andy's drinking wine at four. No, it's a, it's a lovely uh, chilled Chilean red. It's very nice. <laughs> Andy's um, been like very quiet night. during this whole conversation. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's funny because actually Allie and I have been cutting back on drinking um, where we generally try to, unless we are going out, not drink. It's basically just not drinking at home unless we like have people over or something. Um, but... <laughs> Can you explain? Yesterday, I get that. Yesterday was a bit of a long work day, and Allie and I were like, "Let's have a glass of wine with dinner." And we opened a bottle of wine, and (laughs) And uh, now you got to finish the bottle. Yeah, so we're not going to we're not going to not finish the bottle, but we didn't drink the whole bottle yesterday, which is a big step up for us, honestly. (laughs) Like you know, two months ago, we were finishing that entire bottle in one night and like watching a bunch of shitty Netflix reality TV. Now we just sober watch Netflix reality TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The other thing that's been helping me lately is like my diet and exercise is pretty dialed in. And I think the one thing preventing me of getting to like a new location or, you know, a new peak that I want to get to physically is just exclusively drinking. And it's like, I'm able to maintain, like I could theoretically get away with it or whatever and not hate myself, but it's just like, you put all in all this work doing these other things and then you don't get to reap the full benefits because you can't stop drinking margaritas, you know? Yeah. I don't know about you guys. That's the thing that I've been trying to be better about too. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if your significant others have trouble finishing their drinks at all, but that often exasperates yep. the one bottle of wine problem because I, I just, you know, we crack with a bottle of wine. It it feels wrong for it to sit there because I'm going to have like wine one night, right? Well, I don't want this to, you know, reach in the second night. So if, right. you know, then it's kind of on you to, you know, take one for the team and finish it off a little bit. But um, <laughs> no, I echo a lot of the sentiments of, of this combo, like especially the wedding this year. I've been trying to think about that as well because a lot of, empty calories and wasted days, which are just like brutal. So like the only times I've really been drinking have been when people are in town or from going out for meetings or something. Um, and it turns into a little bit of a night, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, but that, the next that mornings is are so much tougher. more often than like, you Not know, it's me, like, man. Oh, when someone's in town and it's just like, it's happened twice in four months. And that feels okay, like the right, most I've done it in a long ass time. Oh yeah. If uh, I wanted an excuse to drink every single night, I, I could have one. It, it oh, wouldn't yeah. be hard. 
Well, that's the thing about drinking, right? Because you can spin it as a celebratory thing. You can spin it as a stress relief thing. You can say, I'm depressed and this is going to, they're literally under any circumstance. You'd be like, I'm just kind (laughs) of bored. This is going to feel like you could make an excuse. I mean, Um, it's nice out now. Let's go up on the roof, have a a cocktail. That's a problem. Somewhere in New York is like drinking center. Like I think all cities exasperate this. New York, that's a huge like convo is like how New York culture is really based around drinking culture. And yeah. I think it's gotten better since we're not in offices all the time because like happy hours were like a staple of my first five years in the city. Um, and like now it's not like a thing. I don't go out for happy hour unless it's like once in a blue moon to like a wine bar or something with with Stace. But um, yeah, I don't, it's summer. Summertime be hard though. Rooftop. This is the new Huberman uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Clay, be careful. So one of the first times that I like took my foot off the gas with drinking was before my wedding. This was a long time yeah. ago, uh, coming up on 10 years. And so I went like cold turkey for like three to four months. I was like, I want to get in shape, all this. And then I had my bachelor party and I was just like hammered after three drinks. So you got to be careful with your yeah. tolerance levels yeah. if you go full cold turkey. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, we find other ways to, to test out the tolerance. So we'll be all right. Yeah, like okay, could you go. go on a bachelor party without drinking? Like- I don't want to. Yeah. yeah like it, it almost, it, not even if it's your bachelor party, even if it's no. a friend's like, I mean, one of my friends doesn't drink. So I have seen, but now I understand why he's less like into some of the stuff we do. Cause it's like, it sucks if you're just completely sober and standing in a crowded bar talking to people you don't know. And that that's a good point. Bachelor parties. Cause you're normally with, a group of other people that you don't know all of them, or maybe you just know the group or what or two. And it's yeah. like, I need some social lubricant, right. Uh, for this, for this thing. Also, right. I just want to point out, we were talking about like bear market vibes, like two years later for NFT NYC, like this show, we literally have a highlight clip of us on Tuesday nights, all just like having drinks. I would be like four tequilas deep ripping Damn packs. Right. And now we're like flash forward two years later. Yeah. None of us are drinking anymore. Our NFTs are I mean, COVID was, COVID was, if you didn't drink during COVID, that would show me like that you have balls of steel or there's something seriously wrong with you. Yeah. Um, I do want to address this one if we're just going to lean into this as a conversation topic. Daniel says, non-alcoholic beer, try it. I have gone through this phase. I think last summer, the athletic beers are really good. Non-alcoholic. It tastes pretty good. It tastes good. Here's my thing, though. If like I'm going to do that, I'd just rather have a zero-calorie seltzer. Yeah. Then take yeah. in mm-hmm. 120 calories nice. or whatever in that. So that's my only problem with non-alcoholic. Yeah, people- no, I totally agree. I think for me, like I'm totally happy to poison my mind and body and like die when I'm 60. <laughs> that's fine. I just don't want to be fat anymore. That's like essentially <laughs> right. all that I care about when it comes to drinking. Yeah, if you're exactly. keeping the calories or moving the fun, I don't know. The 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 premise to me doesn't hit the same. Uh, I really yeah. just go without or find a complete alternative. <laughs> what do um, yeah? What do people do? People drink the non-alcoholics to fit in, or is it? Because they like the taste of beer. Mm, I think it's because it helps. I think it also makes it a a little bit more socially acceptable. You know, like if people are having it, you can have your, you know, athletic beer and it feels like you're not being a party pooper. I think that's a part of it. And some people I think do just really, I think maybe it's also like a nicotine patch kind of thing where it's like really pulling you along for like cutting the bad habit. It's like, no, this still like triggers a Pavlovian response that I'm like drinking a beer, but I actually am not. I don't know. The real alpha is if you're trying to like mix in a drink, a non-alcoholic drink, get a soda bitters with lime because you'll get some Mm -hmm. respect from like the bartender and it looks like a drink. And I like the taste of bitters. Like if you like develop a taste for it, it's like really nice. Mix one of those in. That's the alpha. They don't look like you're drinking a water because you ain't, but also sober up a little bit. Uh, Peter Jennings, with the past 10 minutes, we've been talking about Jack is uh, has recently stopped drinking, and all of us uh, have had uh, a bit of our own falling outs uh, with drinking alcohol. I, I believe I've heard you say uh, say yeah, similar things Andy's, recently. Say for Andy's happy hour right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're muted. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't been drinking, but I just went to Scissors and Scotch and had a beer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, my discipline with alcohol was so strong and I was doing so well. And then the second kid got here and with the babies, I just have a desire when I'm not with the kids to just like <laughs> drink and Blast smoke off. and do everything. Else. And I haven't been smoking at all. I haven't smoked in maybe a month or something, which really? is ever. With these, yeah. Since he, he Denver with these might have just these will do that to him, man. Yeah, Jennings is still high from that. 
Well, also, Dude. I imagine with like D's, it's literally like a Monday morning for him. But me, it would be like the most I've ever consumed in my entire life. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I have a I have a cool D's story. So um, we hung out a bunch. It was great obviously great dude and just so many cool things going on interested in sports all the stuff that we're we're all interested in and uh so we got to hang a bunch with with mutual friends and whatnot and then kind of the last day he was here he's like oh yeah this like famous glassblower wants uh to meet up in, in evergreen so we were over at our buddy jeeb's house and like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go up there and hang with him and watch the fights and uh we brought up like some good herb and some you know concentrates and everything else and uh we get there and I don't know how many dabs you guys have done, but I've really only done dabs like twice in the last decade, both times <laughs> with these. And we get there and this guy, they got all these crazy, this crazy glass. We're like taking dabs out of this like 10,000 plus dollar piece. And like I took one dab and dude, I was like an outer space, like oh. couldn't comprehend oh. anything. And these guys were just like ripping it nonstop. <laughs> like, I, like I took one and I was dead and these guys were doing like 10 plus dabs. So. It was a lot Dude, of fun. Dad, it was really cool. I'm calling 911 on myself and going straight to the hospital. Yeah. I, can't, I can't. It was. I was like in outer space, and this place was so <laughs> cool, and it was such a cool experience. And like this guy was so welcoming and warm, and everyone loves D's, of course. But it was just so funny. Like I, I couldn't have like I was gone, and these guys were just just kept going. I was like, it's like I had one beer, and they had like 20 shots, and I was the drunk one. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, when I was in LA. It was just like every every fifteen minutes they're fucking doing all this crazy shit. They're cleaning this thing out. They have these beads that they're putting inside of a Gatorade. When cap you bring of the water. torch out, you know that that things are happening. You yeah. know when you do a torch to get high, it's, like it's, it's serious shit. When Dee's has to check on a separate bag for all of his uh, drug paraphernalia, that's where you know it's uh, it's got uh, got crazy. Um, all right, Pete. It is uh, it is Masters week. Uh, I'm sure you're blasting off in lots of different arenas. Uh, I believe we are we headed towards some overlay here with the Albatross on on Underdog. Have you done any of these drafts, Pete? Yeah, I've done like 25 or so. I saw Andy in them earlier this morning. Were you auto drafting, Andy? Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. put in I, I, I just put in the ETR rankings and I was auto drafting. Yeah, so a little bit of alpha. I would shift your ETR rankings just a little bit because I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. They're putting in the ETR rankings. I randomize. Just... So. Oh, you randomize. So you're perfect. Yeah. Then yo, I I need the alpha from you, Andy, because I've mixed up the rankings a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's a. I have, great a, spot I have a Google Doc or an Excel sheet I can share with you. Where basically you can put in the rankings and then any other rankings you want and like the underdog thing, and then put in your randomness level, and it'll spit out a new. Underdog ranking that's randomized based on that. Was that what ChatGPT built for you? Uh, no, this I built myself. ChatGPT built me an auto enter bot that will enter and okay. say, like, I want to enter this tournament 15 times and it'll just do all of it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, it's great. I hope we get some overlay, but I think, I think it'll gain some momentum over the next little bit. But I've been doing a bunch of dance drafts. Are you guys uh, filled up there yet or no? I'm at like 80. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I need more liquidity. It the it's so like I try to do them like I, I've been trying to do them when I do cardio in the morning instead of doing like a like a NFL and just it takes forever to fucking get people into these tournaments. I'm hoping that next week after the albatross fills up, we start to get some more liquidity for it. I think so because um, when, when is the play the playing game? Are we now only like a week away from that? It locks on the yeah. 15th. NBA ends on uh, Sunday. Regular season ends. Plans start on the 11th. So, yeah, week one. So, Pete, what are for, – for the Albatross, you know, if people are using really good ranks um, or the ADP is really efficient, like what are the other considerations than just hashtag drafting the best players? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. I mean, really, the, the inefficiencies up front, and there are still are people making mistakes, is just – Drafting guys that are not going to play in all four majors. Um, that's really important. But yeah, if you're using the ETR ranks, I think they're pretty solid. Uh, I, I helped out a bit in that. Rufus helped out a bit in that. Um, I don't think they're perfect by any means, but they're really close. They're definitely good. Um, so yeah, the big advantage is just making sure you're drafting guys that are playing all the majors. And, and for the most part, ADP's gotten somewhat efficient. I think it will continue to get more and more efficient over the next day or two. But um it's still solid and it's a great sweat i think it's a really fun format and uh will give you a sweat throughout the year 
it's it's definitely not as skillful as uh like the NBA best ball is super skillful with how you draft your teams and the correlations and and what you know what you're stacking and what you're not stacking. Whereas golf, there's just no correlation outside of just trying to get as many holes as you can. So if that's the case, and you guys mentioned like the randomness thing, just to make sure you're working off a, a slightly different set of ranks than everyone else, is there anything like at the end where you scroll down and you get a guy that's not being drafted in a hundred percent of drafts or does that dynamic not really apply here? Yeah. So I shouldn't say that there's nothing that, that, that is what, what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a unique team by how you draft your team and you're trying to get guys that might be lower owned. And that's really all you could, cause there's no correlation yeah. and there's, I don't know. I don't know what other factors you'd even consider other than just drafting the best guys and trying to get as many opportunities as possible. Yeah, I should also mention uh, baseball. He's in the Badge Bros Discord. Has made some really good sheets. This is pinned in the Badge Bros Golf sub thread in there. But this um, was a very helpful viz when I was starting to look at some of these. He has some tier stuff. Also showing um, the their ADP trends. Um, you can look at the risers, fallers, all kinds of good stuff here. So if you want this resource for uh, drafting. Um, I highly recommend it. And then Pete, I heard you uh, really tapped good. in. I heard you tap it, or I tapped into your um, Lucky Trader um, show you guys were doing, and you were mentioning like the three clear golfers at the top, and you weren't even talking about underdogs specifically. But it looks like here is it just like Scheffler, Rory, and Rom? Like those guys should always be the first three off the board. Yeah, and it's not even close. Um, these are the three best golfers in the world. They're the three clear favorites for the Masters. They're taking up about 35 to 40% win equity, which is remarkable. But I think that's that's fair uh, when you look at the Masters. Even though Tier 2 and Tier 3, you have some exceptional players, these guys are just so freaking good. Um, and there is parity in, 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 on the PGA Tour and in golf in general. But yeah, th- especially for this format, you can look at the ADPs. It's like these th- these guys are clearly favored. And Rory's actually um, a, a bit more favored than Rom for the Masters specifically. And I've been on the Rom as the best golfer in the world bandwagon for a long time, but it's really narrowed. And, and Scheffler's made a good case. And certainly uh, after winning the Masters last year, he's, he's kind of the clear number one uh, and number one in the betting markets as well for this week. Yeah. Um, and then do you think, I guess when I, I did do draft a few teams kind of like looking off of these tiers, are there any other players that you think are or mispriced? Are there any kind of, I guess the other kind of unique dynamic is the live golfers to that. How yeah. does that kind of play into this format? So the one guy that I think is potentially really underpriced is Brooks Kepka. He won last week and uh, I follow a lot of these like golf nerds that, uh, you know, analyze swings and all this different stuff. And he's driving the golf ball as well as he was back in like 1819, at least in the last couple of events. And that's a super strong signal. I believe he also played with Rory today, uh, which is really interesting as well. And he made some comments about how he wants to be competing against the best in the world. So we'll see if there can be like, I won't say a marriage, but some peace amongst the tours where they can compete more against each other. And I think for sure, Brooks is the one guy that I think might be a little bit mispriced. Uh, Some alpha on DJ. I think DJ broadly is a a decent pick here. Uh, He's hyper motivated by money. Uh, more so than almost any golfer out there, which is why he went to live. And I think he's pretty fat and happy right now, uh, both figuratively and literally. So I'd be more keen uh, uh, to to be on Cameron Smith uh, than in Brooks Kepka. Kepka's hot. It. And uh, what about the the age old question? What are we doing with Tiger Woods? I mean, I think Tiger will play. Tiger really impressed me uh, at the Genesis. That's where I was fortunate enough to play with him. Uh, that's his event. So he did play at Riviera, which is in my view is one of the best golf courses in the world. Great tournament. And I was shocked. I thought he was like pretty likely to miss the cut and like not to play well. And not only did he make the cut, but his ball speed, he was consistently in the high one seventies, low one eighties, which is like top 10% on the PGA tour. I mean, there's that famous clip where he gave Justin Thomas the tampon after out driving him on nine. If he's really capable of that, I mean, I wouldn't say he's live to win, but he's certainly very likely to make the cuts. And the markets are reflecting that. He's like minus 200 to make the cut. And we have not bet him to miss the cut, which normally we're very short Tiger over the last couple of years. So we're giving him 
um, a better projection than we have given Tiger in the past. And the only concern for Tiger, if you wanted to make a bear case, is that his foot is really the issue. And Augusta is such a hilly place that walking this course for four days is not going to be ideal. But I think he'll play reasonably well. This is definitely his best chance. I would not be drafting him in uh, these best ball spots as much um, just because I think he's going to struggle more at the other majors. But I think Tiger can play pretty well here at Augusta. I would also imagine, too, that Tiger is just one of those guys when people are getting toward the end of their draft, people always like clicking a name they recognize, and he's probably overdrafted relative to what you can expect. Oh, and he goes, he goes like, that's what you're hoping is that he just, like, goes, like, early. You just have, like, a Tiger truther in your draft, and he goes in, like, the 20s or 30s, which happens quite a bit. Yeah. Are there weather concerns this weekend, Jennings, that you're keeping track of? Yeah, weather's going to be a big factor. We, we you know, I, I would wait till tomorrow to make your final decisions, but it does look like there's going to be a weather wave and we just got tea time. So I'm going to, we got tea times earlier. I need to do a little bit more work tonight to kind of see where everything finishes out in terms of projections with the weather, but it's certainly looking like it's going to be a factor this week, which is important. Yeah, I believe uh, I saw those pop up on the uh, the underdog Twitter feed earlier today. They had them all in a in a handy chart here. What So what are you doing? You're, you're making sure like if you are trying to time the weather wave, and making sure that you're not, say, over-correlating golfers who are all going off in a bad weather period? Is that the thought? Yeah, and, and and you know, the dream scenarios, which we used to have back in the early days of DFS golf where people weren't paying attention, like at the Open Championship, you could get huge advantages with a big weather edge, whether it be like a two-stroke or a stroke-and-a-half differential, which is massive. This time, and most times, you're looking at like a 0.2, 0.3, maybe a half-a-stroke differential. Half-a-stroke is quite large um, between the, the, the waves. Um, and also there's specific waves with like the actual times themselves. Um, so there's less golfers in this tournament and yeah, it, it's something to monitor, but you can kind of tell like not, not all early lates are the same, uh, and not late earlies are the same either. They're, they're going off at different times. So something to monitor and, um, our good friends over at ETR, they'll have really great projections. Rufus does a great job with the weather. Nice. Um, any other, uh, I definitely want to hop in, uh, one or two of these, but any of you guys have any other, uh, master's thoughts, uh, PGA questions? My only no, question for Jennings is, uh, watch. yeah, who's, who's the outright winner alpha? Who are we on this? Rory. Rory. We're on Rory. Big time. Like but the market's that. already moved a little bit towards Rory. Yeah. So yeah. why his stats are looking great so far to start the year he has broadly pretty good course history um and now he's like same price as scheffler so he's probably not uh, an outright bet i think a lot of that has to do with some of the bets that these groups have been making but i think he should be right there as the favorite if not the definitive favorite and he originally wasn't priced that way uh and and the big thing is his driving has just been ridiculous to start the year so we'll see um certainly scheffler's right there as well um and this is a weird spot where normally we're pretty high on ROM and we're still high on ROM, but not, not as much as the market. We're Give us calling. a bomb. Give us a long odds bomb to sprinkle in. Yeah. I really like Justin Rose, uh, Adam Scott, some of these like older players who have, that are still kind of at the tail end of their prime, but have really good course history at Augusta, I think are really good. And Jason day, but Jason day has gotten super popular. And now there's like, Steamed. you can't even, you, yeah. yeah, you can't even bet. You can't bet Jason day. So a lot of people bet Jason Day ahead of this week because he's been playing really well. He played really well at the match play as well. Um, but, yeah, some players like that I think are, are good setups. And, and one other thing, too, that um, a lot of people have differing opinions on course history. Course history matters more at Augusta than any other course by, like, orders of magnitude. So that's something else to, to pay attention to. Love it. Um, Jack, do you ever make any golf content? Um. We don't make a lot of content. I I last year I threw a thousand dollars on a future for all four majors. Um, I went over four, but uh, my biggest gambling win ever was at the Masters. Scheffler won the Masters, right? Yeah, it was yeah. the Masters. It was Friday at like six o'clock, and he had just birdied nine or ten. And I think he had what, like a six or seven stroke lead or something. And I thought I thought that points bet hadn't adjusted the odds. 
And for some reason, I had a, a disgusting amount of, of uh, capital in my account. And so I just like unloaded it all to find out that plus 110 was like his real odds because it was only, you know, Friday. Uh, but thankfully, he there was a scare on Sunday. But um, no, he ended up winning by, well, I guess he only won by one or two because he four putted 18. Um, when are you going to release your sports betting course, Jack? This sounds like quite the, <laughs> quite the, quite the thrill. <laughs> Take advantage of lines you think are all, you know, by my projections, he actually should have been. No, that's why I'm looking for uh, an outright winner. So there you um, go. maybe Rory will be the guy. See, it's I, think Rory's still, I, I think Rory's still a decent pick, but the value, like there's some plus yeah. 900s out there, plus thousands before. And now he's like, plus 700 everywhere. And that's like kind of yeah. where it should be priced. But what I learned from my extensive sports betting career is that if you bet on the guy who wins, they'll still pay you. So it's better to bet him. You know, if he's going to win, like I'm, I'm a ride him. So you just let me know if, uh, if the data, if the data backs yeah. him. I don't think this is getting clipped and putting put on the unabated social feed anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> So then a question about the 101 in here, if the betting odds are pretty close on Scheffler and Rory, and then there's a slight gap to Rom, why is Rom ahead of Rory? Is there a scoring differential aspect of what this is Rom for all, all four majors and Rom, oh, Rom will be, yeah. I think Rom should be like the, the actual favorite, like a U.S. open depend. We'll, we'll see. I mean, did we have LA country club this year? Like that's a great course for him. Um, these guys are all so freaky. Like Scheffler, Rory, and Rom are just like all unbelievable. Like, and you can make an argument that all three of them are the best player in the world. Um, Scheffler and Rom have gone by. I mean, Rom has already won three times this season. It's crazy. No one's won that 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 three times this fast since like Tiger Woods. So, yeah, that's a really I, early female pick. I know. I was like, whoa. Guys, I've done two of these drafts, uh, and uh, I've gotten the 101 in both. Everyone just relax. Just the odds, you know, mathematically is going to happen. I want to hear why J Jack has uh, fully given up drinking. The Huberman pod was a big one for me for a while, but I I've been back on the wagon, and I have a big dinner tonight, so that's why I'm, I'm drinking my beers. <laughs> no, we, we discussed. I didn't, I didn't fully give it up, but I had to stop drinking for a week, and I noticed I didn't have like a – like this – oh my God moment where I was like, oh my God, I sleep so much better. Anything like that. But when I do drink, I'm so much like I'm hungover. It kind of burns a day. I'm way less productive. I don't work out or I don't have a good workout. Um, so I've just found myself when I don't feel the need to, like I, I just won't have a drink. Um, but like I said, last Wednesday, like I went to the Knicks game and he was like, let's get drinks before. And I was like, all right, like, yeah, of course. Let's let's go have a fun time. Anything Smith I should do here, Pete? The okay. the chalk. The chalk. I like Cam. I like Cam Young a decent bit too, but chalk it up two. for now. Chalk it up for now. What's your big dinner, Pete? I'm getting. Uh, there's a big poker game actually tonight. Um, I I'm not playing, but Levitan is. I might play later on, but. We got a PGA Tour golfer in there. Uh, Kevin Hart and Russell Westbrook have played in this game historically. It's it's the big Denver game. So there's a, a dinner before that I can't make, and then there's a, a group of us that are meeting for dinner afterwards. Okay. Is this the one? Is this the game where uh, Levitan always felt sheepish pulling up in his uh, Honda Pilot or whatever because of all the other cars that were out in front of the house? Yeah, this is that, that game. <laughs> Levitan <laughs> – Levitan's known as one of the nit bros in this game. He's got a he kind of got banned from this game. So he's he's back in tonight though. Like, but but Levy and like tournament structure is like he's an aggro player, but is it just the stakes in this are so high he's tightening up? He doesn't even play that tight. He just is like labeled a nit bro. Um Shouldn't he like way, Hatton or Fleetwood? Uh Fleetwood. Uh Hatton, 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 Hatton. Sorry. No, save Hatton for us, Clay. Come on. <laughs> We're getting out of my territory. <laughs> what uh, what are what what are we talking about as far as the blinds in this game, Pete? They're anywhere from like twenty five fifty to like one hundred, two hundred, four hundred. There's is a this lot. shit oh, is, 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 is this getting like straddled out of control or it sticks to that? Uh, 
It depends. Sometimes the gameplay is like huge. Like if Kevin plays, then the gameplay is massive. The game will play 100, 200, 400, but like people are people will win or lose a million plus in the game. Six figures wow. is, is common, but that's that's uh, kind of specific to him. This is more of a friendly Shane Lowry gotcha. and Kari Connors. Bingo. I already took Fleetwood. Sorry, I heard you say Fleetwood oh, no. before. I, mean, I like Corey Connors a lot. I might, yeah, that's fine. I like I like both those guys over Fleetwood. Well, in trying to help Clay, you submarined our group team, so this is just a total disaster. Well, now Clay gets Connors. Yeah, it worked <sighs> out so well. Pissed. Corey Connors uh, just won, and Corey Connors also has one of the best relative course histories at Augusta, and it's a really good course for him. He's also, a really bad putt. Go ahead. I was going to say, Colin at pick 10. That that was my real steal of the draft so far. Yeah. We're a little less high on Colin, but that's still good. At 10, I like Colin. Who's your favorite uh, sleeper late in these drafts? Taylor Montgomery. I wouldn't even say he's a sleeper, but that's a, that's a Peter Jennings bias. Uh, he's the son of Monty Montgomery, who's the GM of Shadow Creek. He's been prevalent in the Vegas gambling games and it's now as a store card. So he's buddies with a lot of our friends really close. To, he was actually the caddy for Ben Lamb and, uh, and the, the, the member guest. Um, yeah, wow. I'm happy he's got his card because he had a brutal story. Talk about a bad beat. This is crazy. He finished 26th back to back years. Uh, I'd go Rose and uh, Minwoo. Chalk it up. You're just, you're just riding the. But all the good guys are falling to you. You've had a good draft. Okay. Other than the Fleetwood. I would have gone. Well, that's how we get unique. That's how we get unique. And I still like Fleetwood. (laughs) But anyways, 26. So top 25 get their tour cards. So the first year he bubbled in like somewhat of a gross way. And then all he needed to do is make the cut to guarantee a tour card the following year. And, you know, this is someone who's like dominating the Corn Ferry tour is like 90% plus to make the number to make the cut. And I think he made like a bogey or a double bogey on the last hole to miss the cut by one to finish 26th of 25th. Cause he still could have gotten in if like certain things happened over the weekend, but 26 back to back years for Taylor Montgomery. And uh, finally he's on tour and he's actually the best putter on the PGA tour, which is a nice little stat for him. Interesting. Uh, Pete, have you, uh, what's, what's your golf schedule going to look like now that the, uh, you know, it's starting to become golf season in Colorado here. Actually, let's make these picks. Uh, Tiger, right? Taylor Moore and Scott Stallings. Okay, I'm gonna laugh when Fleetwood wins the Masters this weekend. I hope he does. That'd be his first PGA Tour win. It's in the cards over there. You got to put a outright winner ticket on Fleetwood now. Really double down. All right, I already did two of them that Pete meant. You mentioned Rose and Adam Scott, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'll do Fleetwood too, just for uh, for the content play for the, for the vibes. All right, there we go. I actually, I I forgot to bet. I had with my, it's been funny with like my college buddies. We've been putting like, just like a communal, like group long shot bet. We hit Argentina for the World Cup and we hit UConn. Uh, We did three for March Madness. So uh, I got to keep these long shot bombs rolling. That's not bad. Uh, No, not bad at all. You guys want to do one dance? Are you guys gonna? Yeah, get yeah. Let's let let's wrap up with a dance. I'm, yeah, I'm still done. addicted to those, and I need to. I get like, basically, what happens is I'll like poke my head in the Discord or see something on Twitter. I'll be like, oh, I need to start changing how I'm drafting because someone will be like, hey, Peter, uh, the Wolves aren't going to make the playoffs anymore, and I'm like, hey, guys, Anthony Edwards and Cat are free at the end of drafts now, and then I figure out why that is. So <laughs> I need my my annual or my weekly check in on the landscape. Yeah. Also, please do us a favor. Message Rudman, hit him up on Twitter. We're trying to get some sort of higher stakes NBA playoff best ball, and it, it doesn't seem like it has much momentum. So I, I hope we get it. But I would, message. I would be happy to host uh, a little high stakes uh, dance contest stream or something. We should get that. Yeah, send send a little, send a note to Nick or Liz because I, I was messaging him this morning, and he said unlikely. All right, I'll ask. We him. need to make that um, happen. Who's my last pick here? My boy. Taylor. Okay. Best putter on the PGA Tour. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, I messed that one up. I took Ricky on accident. 
I didn't. Yeah, see, Ricky's the Ricky's the fish. Me too. Yeah, well, I didn't mean to. I usually like fucking top the fucking queue (laughs) because all these people are dropping out before you missed the cut. (laughs) That was that was that was the edge because he he might not play many majors at all. Yeah, that was a bummer. Oh shit, I'm gonna miss this too. Damn. I'll be in the Um, overflow dance draft. Anyone have a good March Madness with uh, UConn? Because I know that I saw that on Twitter. A lot of people called UConn. Jack, you had a good good. uh, yeah, I won. I won five thousand on him. Oh, baby! Yeah, it was Love a good hit. That. Yeah, Jack. They were. Jack it's funny. That. They were like. They were like the consensus team to bet, um, and I feel like a lot of people did bet them, but also a lot of people didn't bet them. Yeah, which is like they were clearly they were, the best team. Yeah. Like even before the tournament though, people were like they they might be the best team or they were definitely yeah. the most undervalued team. And then I think they got bet down a little from like like I got them at 21 to 1, but then I think they were 18 to 1 and then like all the way down to 13 to 1 uh yeah. after the first game and people were like, "Eh, it's not good value," but like I like I said, they pay you with the winner. Put that on unabated. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, there's no denying that they pay you with the winner. <laughs> what yeah, What do you guys do? He doing? doesn't even have the uh, the ETR best ball ranks loaded in. I know I'm such a fraud. You know what? I'm an ADP bro. I never load ranks in for um for the best ball contests because uh, I like to see what my opponents are doing. Um, what a what do you got? How are you guys handling? Like the jaw Morant stuff, just knowing, yeah, a lot of people were getting him a lot cheaper. Now he's like a, you know, one or a two, three turn pick or whatever. Are you guys avoiding him? Or are you also saying, hey, only 30% of this contest is filled? Um, that's not a huge amount of teams that got him at an extreme value. Yeah. I, my view is that you just try to draft the best team currently. Um, yeah. Cause a lot of people also are taking Luca and Kyrie and a lot of these guys. But yeah, some of the early teams yeah. are tough to beat. Like if like the if like Memphis, the Lakers, or the Warriors do well, it's gonna be really tough to beat some of the 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 teams that are drafted early. So we get um, normally you do not get a rogue Drew Holiday pick here. So this is going to create some slightly different pairings than you normally get in the first. Couple I mean, Morant Holiday turn is a bit of a crazy mm. crazy turn there. Yeah. This is. I almost I if know. I take KD five, I almost always take Booker at seven or at eight if I can get him. But Jalen Brown sounded kind of fun. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Wow, this is definitely weird. I don't think I have a lot of Booker Tatum pairing, so I decided and decided to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, we're opposites. I, I have KD Brown. You have Booker Tatum. You want to execute a trade? <laughs> I'm going. I'm, we'll see if Crutches does me a solid here and just takes two Milwaukee guys or not. Gamble, gamble, like an, gamble. An agent of chaos. Oh, oh okay. baby. Wow. Okay. Hmm. What'd you, you took uh, Tatum and Booker? Yeah. Eight, um, eight in season? Yeah, I probably should. <sighs> I was I was thinking of Sabonis, but might as well I like Aiden way better there. Tatum yeah. Booker is unique as hell. That's what I'm thinking. I just like chalk it up when you get a super unique pairing. Yeah, Phoenix Boston is like one of the most likely combos in the finals. Mm. And the thing about the Boston stacks is, you know, the you know it's Robert Williams and Horford go pretty early, and they're not exactly points per game crushers, right? Either is, I mean, Aiden's fallen off with KD being there, but he's still better than those two. Yeah, yeah it's my, my biggest challenge with Aiden is just like, I feel like he really has not done much. I, I, I'd be worried about what I'd be worried about with him if, if he's your main big man is that they're going to have a four game series against like the Clippers. Who? And, and then like, I don't know. 
is he really going to put up enough points for you if he's your main big man? I, like, if I take him, I want to get a big man who I think is going to play a seven-game series and like do well later on because I, I'm not very. But why? Well, his why, why can't Aiden play, play? I mean, they could play the Lakers. They could play the Warriors. They could, I mean, the Clippers aren't. I agree I without think Paul George. Crush the, the Clippers. I'm and I'm the biggest Suns bull, but I think it still goes five six games. This is crazy. This this is shaping up in such a weird way. Yeah, the Lakers seem like fully live to win the whole thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do for sure. Those tickets two months ago are looking real juicy. Are you guys drafting any other Laker besides D'Angelo Russell at the end? Or not Reeves. even D'Angelo? You, you're drafting Reeves? I'm starting to, yeah. I have. If I get if I get Russell, AD, and LeBron, I'll, I'll take Reeves. And they have like mm. a crazy plus minus. Like AD, LeBron, and Reeves together on the court is like the best trio in the NBA right now. I like Reeves a lot as a late, late round pick. He's pretty solidly in the not just the rotation, but now with LeBron and AD back, as you were saying, Jennings, like the starting unit, a lot of run, guaranteed minutes last little stretch here. God damn it, Crutch is taking everyone that I want. Mobley, Mobley, the ETR guys just steamed the Cleveland guys. For one round, four games? <laughs> Seems risky. After what, I, I had uh, money on the – Cavs versus the Knicks, like a pretty big bet. And I was thinking of you, Jack. Brunson just went absolutely ham. Insane. And Mitchell had a great game too, but that's the thing. And, and this is why I've been short the Knicks. I'm just, I think Randall is super overrated, but the rest of the team is so good. Yeah. that That's where I, the other day I was watching, I was at the game and I was like, when shit gets tight, um, we're, we're it's either Randall and ISO, which is not going to turn out well, Brunson and ISO, which can can be fine. That's fine. But, but then the late shot clock is like Hart, Barrett, contested quickly. threes, and that shit's never going to find the playoffs. But now quickly, like if they close quickly with quickly, chip. yeah, he, he could be dynamic. But Mitchell's going to have – one of the greatest playoff series against the Knicks. Um, and they should be good enough, I mean, between Garland and, and the bigs to beat us. But I don't know. That that win was probably like a huge, you know, all the players after the game were like, yeah, it's just a game. But that's probably a huge confidence boost going in there without Julius and, and winning that game. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, I was super impressed. And Mitchell Robinson has been so solid. I mean, you know who's been crazy is Hartenstein. One of the best backup you know, centers. Yeah. Well, his his net rating right now is higher than Jokic over the last like it, you know, look at his net game. rating every year. He's insane yeah. every year. So they'll probably close with him. And Josh Hart has been great. And Tibbs has pulled the right strings. Like if Barrett's on, he'll play. If he's not. Grimes has been on fire. He'll play quickly. So it's it's fun. We'll see what happens, though. I think they'll still play Robinson because some of the stuff that doesn't show up necessarily always in the stats yeah. are just like shots that aren't taken around the rim. And I think yeah. Robinson is just such a such a monster from a rim protection standpoint. For sure. But I, I agree. Hardenstein's great, too. I mean, you have like if, if Robinson's not there mentally, which could happen any game, you have a great yeah. option. I really just think without I, like I just having the ball in Brunson's hands versus having the ball in Randall's hands at key oh, moments is just a huge upgrade. Has to has to be. Just, is there any seen, number that you think the Knicks are live at, or that you think is is bettable? Like if if they were posted a thousand, yeah. If to someone one, offered me a thousand to one, I'd take the Knicks for sure. <laughs> is that the lowest you would bet them though? I'd probably take them like two three hundred to one. I mean, they just need injuries. If they get, if you, yeah. you know, if Embiid and Giannis get hurt, right? If Tatum got hurt, or so like, if you had like a yeah. parlay of like, <laughs> whoever you're playing, their superstar gets injured in the East because there's, there's, they're gonna have to win two tough series where they need injuries, I think. But that could happen. 
I mean, Embiid to they get could, injured, they could beat anyone in the West. Money. <laughs> that's they it, could like, beat any. <laughs> they could beat anyone in the West. I think. Yeah. Or the Suns are scary if they stay healthy, but. Yeah. All right, I gotta run. See you, fellas. All right, Jack. Yep. We'll talk to you later. I keep letting these uh, Celtics uh, go, hoping one will come back, and then Andy just keeps gobbling them up. Yeah, I'm doing a bit of a weird draft here, but got a that's always like a shitty Celtics feeling. And then a bunch of bunch of studs out west, but like one offs. Oh, I just yeah, I just fucked up on accident. Didn't matter. A little Jordan Pool action. I meant to pick uh, Draymond and then Pool, but whatever. Yeah. I have such a weird team. Let's see yes, what do you have. I have the Nuggets and Warriors and the Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> so then, are you trying to you trying to get to four Nuggets and four Warriors? I have that. Okay. I have this. Yeah. I have this. I have the. I have the studs for both. The, I have the top four for both those teams in Middleton. I think that's nice. I think Looking that's really good it. in the West. Looking really you're not, good. In the you're West. not an Andrew Wiggins bull. I am an Andrew Wiggins bull. I have. That's like my second most popular player. Hmm. I've been. I've been drafting him a lot, and hence I took him in this draft. I saw that. I have AD oh. like 30, 30 some percent, and and Wiggins like thirty percent through one hundred and twenty drafts. Who who is the best like stud flyer uh, uh, between uh, Shea, Shea. Uh, Trey Young, or Siakam? Shea, in my opinion. Yeah, Shea has. He's playing tonight. It seems like they want to sneak in there as a tenth seed. Like they're not overtly tanking. His upside is just next level. And Are the Raptors going to make the playoffs? Probably not. No. Probably they're a playing team. I'm not sure if they'll. Well, they played the Hornets tonight, and if trends hold, Hornets are crushing all of these like teams in the East <laughs> trying to get there and the West. Uh, so Hornets God, are playing, I have like, no idea if winning take right here. But the Raptors are like running a super tight rotation as always. That was a weird. I don't know who I should have taken. There's no one good. I could have taken like Siakam, I guess. But yeah, I, I've been. I've been taking flyers on Zion when I get down here and don't know who to take. I think Zion is a great flyer. Yeah, he resumed three on three that. practice. It's exciting. Yeah. Ingram has been outrageously good. Yeah, he's been he's having the best little kind of streak of his career here. He's been playing so well. Would you guys yeah. take are you guys taking McCollum too? No. I never get far enough. Like the, the for me, those taking Ingram and Zion is just like a, my team's filled out. I feel pretty good about it, but I could use a little more upside for the first round. Let's grab Ingram and Zion, but I'm yeah. never like playing them to win two series or something. And so getting three is a lot. I think I backstacked. That's all actually three probably last three rounds though on one or two drafts. I think that's actually probably a decent strategy is to take the three because I like if Zion comes back, mm-hmm. they could win the West. And like no one has done that. Like through this so far, like no one has done that. Yeah. So probably some unique builds like that are probably best. Like the Lakers stuff. Like I mentioned, there's a couple teams that have really steamed the Lakers, the Warriors. And I thought there's one more. Uh, maybe not. The Lakers and Warriors stuff for sure. Like people have some insane teams um, from when they. De- oh, the Memphis. Lakers, Warriors, and Memphis. Those three teams are much harder to build like superstar teams with those mixed in versus where they're going now. So I think in order to get unique, mixing in some of those other teams probably makes more sense. Yeah. New Orleans being one of them. Minnesota could still do it, even though they've Mm -hmm. been, they've been fading. Yeah. And both like those pairings now, I mean, the Minnesota pairing is, is very cheap now in drafts. And I assume the Dallas stuff is just dead, dead, right? Dead, dead. They're like six percent to make the playoffs, and and Cleveland for the alpha out there. Cleveland's going to steam huge with ETR being super high in Cleveland. So that's okay. another one. If you're drafting now, I'd get Cleveland before their ADPs change. That's very good to know. Yeah, Mouse um, starting to shut down Luca and Kyrie, so they're they're throwing in the towels. They're so. done. Yeah. Well, Luca said he's playing in this next game. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
it hasn't mattered the last five. So no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, Brandon, it's crazy how he Brandon saying in the chat, I got jot pick 30 on this stream a few weeks ago. I mean, the way the West just continues to flip like nightly uh, with ADP movement has been crazy. I feel like the Lakers have just like ping ponged around since I started drafting. Um, all right. Fun show, guys. Hope everyone has a lovely uh, Masters week. Get in the Albatross. Join us in the dance. If you want to battle with Andy for his NBA Daily Crown, you can do that as well. So Currently sure doing my this. drafts right now. Get your randomization. <laughs> your randomization yeah, figures gone. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm going to have time to. There's like so much injury news today that people yeah. are waiting on. The big one being Jokic, who, if he plays, he projects as the top pick in the draft. But yeah. he hasn't played for multiple games in a row and no real idea whether or not he's going to. And yeah. so it's one of those days where the best thing to do is wait as long as you possibly can, but you can't do that and also endure 150 times. It doesn't work. For sure. Uh, all right. Fun show, guys. We are here every Tuesday. This is The Club. Remember, it's okay if you need to invite your friend over, not for a drink, but to go for a walk. Let's you know, remove the stigma of hanging out, always having to revolve around drinking. We'll see you guys next time.